Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information. Welcome to The Wave Podcast. I am Daniel Ortiz, and I am excited uh, that you join us one more week to grow, to learn, to get into his face, um, and to literally see it his way, and continually mm. to say yes to the Father and everything that he's asking you to, to say yes to. And I am just uh, delighted this week that I got my brother, uh, Pastor Peter DeWitt with us. How you doing, Peter? How's it going? Good. We're doing awesome here. And, uh, you know, you and I were just talking before we went live here. I can't wait for what Holy Spirit is going to bring forth today. I feel the anointing so strongly already. And I just love the synergy that that's existing every time that we get together, every time that we meet. And the Lord really is speaking to his church. And it's just such an exciting time to be alive. And, you know, some, some of us might be feeling anxious because there's so much transition. There's so much change over the last year. There's so many trials and difficulties, but I've never been more encouraged in my life. And, you know, um, anxiety in the heart of man leads to depression, but a good word makes it glad. And I just, I just believe there's going to be some good words that are released today that are going to be like rivers of, of cold water that refresh the soul. Come on. I was reading in Revelation and you, you talked about rivers and it said out of the mouth of it, it says this in his voice as the sound of many waters. Mm. Right? Jesus's voice is a sound mm. of many waters. You want to be refreshed today? Yeah. You want to be, be overwhelmed with mm. the refreshing touch of the Holy Spirit? Mm. Jesus's voice, his voice is a sound of many waters. Come on. Some of you need a sound in your spirit. And you just have to go mm. and listen to the voice of Jesus. And that is a Come refreshing on. sound of many waters. Um, and I'm, I'm with you, Peter. I'm, I'm literally, I'm have tears in my eyes. And those who learned, heard the last podcast, I couldn't stop crying. I just feel the overwhelming presence of God mm. for his church and the overwhelming care of God for his mm. bride. There's, mm. there's such an overwhelming care. There's a tenderness of God for his body. There's a care that he's, he's, he's that great shepherd John 10 talked about, right? He's that gatekeeper. And I just feel like, feel like God is standing at the gate and he's telling this body, I know things have been going all ways, but I have your back and I am the great shepherd and mm. I got you in my arm mm -hmm. and I have you in revelations that I don't know why we keep on going to revelations as I was reading yesterday. And he said to the lampstands that I have in my hand, to the mm. angels that I have, Jesus had these leaders in the palm of his hands. I love that because he says, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a word and maybe some of it is going to sting and some of it is going to be rebuked. But remember, you're wow. in my hands. Mm. No one can pluck you out of what I have. You, you're mm. with me, right? Yeah. And, and Proverbs, he tells us, he disciplines those who he loves. He says, I love you enough to tell you the truth. But yeah. remember, that truth doesn't mean rejection. That Woo! truth just means how much I care. And how much mm. I love you and how much your minds and I have you in my hand. Listen, whoever's listening to this, know that God has you in the palm of his hands. Don't Come let on. the devil lie to you. Don't let satanic attacks lie to you that, oh, I'm, I'm nowhere to be found. No, God has you right in the palm of his hands mm. because you're his and you belong to his and he cares about you. Mm. So good. Yeah, I do. I do really feel that, Danny. Just the other night, I was in prayer and just really felt the, the impression of the fatherliness of God 
in this moment. And that never goes away, but that fatherliness. And I really felt even a commissioning and a, and a call from God to feed his children. Come and on, there's something about that, just recognizing like Psalms 23, you know, he leads us beside still waters and he, he brings us into the green pastures. God knows what we need to eat. And one of the things that he spoke to me at the end of the last year, and this is actually related to some, a message that you, you shared, Danny, um, about uh, Obed-Edom. But one of the things that the Lord spoke to me uh, was about the parable of the five, or not the parable, the story of feeding of the 5,000. And Jesus said, pick up the fragments that remain that nothing may be lost. And it was after they picked up the fragments that remain that they saw the miracle that Jesus had done. Let me say that again. It was after they picked up the fragments that remain that they saw the miracle that Jesus had done. And what the Lord laid on my heart is that there's a certain type. He set the food in front of them and it was all good food. It was all from Jesus. But there's a certain type of food that they expected, that they were hungry for, that they were looking for, and that they ate the first time he said it in front of them. But the other food, the fragments that remained, were actually still things that Jesus had set in front of them to eat. Mm, mm. Even, and, even though they didn't know they needed it at that time. Exactly. And I think that the body of Christ right now is being fed some pieces, like you said, that we didn't know that we needed. And it's important to, to, to take the stance of humility and the stance of surrender, like you've been talking about, to say, if Jesus gave it to me, eat it all, eat Come it on. all, even the things that don't feel quite so appetizing, even the things that I thought I didn't need, even the things I wasn't looking for, because oftentimes your miracle is found in the fragments and picking up the fragments that remain so that nothing would be lost. He's so faithful as a father to finish what he starts, and he doesn't want anything to be lost. He had plans and purposes for the season, still has plans and purposes for the season to make sure we all yeah. walk into the fullness of what he has for us. And I think that there's, we need to pay particular attention to the pieces of what God's sharing with us that are not the typical things that we would eat because these are where our miracle lies. You said something powerful because, and I heard it this way as you're talking right now, Peter, surrender is the gateway to oneness, mm. but humility is the gateway to surrender. Mm. Surrender is the gateway to oneness, but humility is the gateway to surrender, right? You can't, listen to what Jesus says in Philippians 2, 4. If you, mm. if you let me just read this real quick. This is, this it goes aside what we say. Philippians 2, 4 says this, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Good word. Have this mind among yourself. Think this way. How do you want me to think? How do you want me to, just, I feel the whole, just like God is interested in you. God is interested in you so that you can be interested in someone else. Literally, the fatherly's heart is for you so that you can have the fatherly heart for someone else. So then, so then, then tell us how to think. He says, which, he said, have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, think about this, he was fully God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. He, he didn't have to. That's one of the things that we understand with Jesus. He didn't have to do anything. Mm. Mm. He says, I, no one tells me to give up my life. I choose to lay it down. Mm. I choose to walk through humility, right? Because mm. I'm part of the Godhead. I don't have to wrestle with the flesh, right? I created it. But he says, I'm going to empty myself by taking the form of the flesh of the servant, right? And it's being born in the likeness of a man. He knew the garden was coming. He knew, man, if I get down there, there's going to be a fight into that flesh. 
Because there is a war and there's mm -hmm. an enmity between the flesh mm -hmm. and the spirit. Listen, what yes. he said. And being found in human form, he didn't do it in his godly form. He did it in his human form, right? Yep. So he emptied himself of his godly form, took on human humanity. Yep. And, and in that humanity, he humbled himself mm. by what? By becoming obedient to the point of death, mm. even to the death of the cross. Yep. Therefore, because he went through the window of humility, yeah. which led to obedience, which led to what? Ultimate surrender, dying to self, right? Yeah, yes, come on. Right? So come on. he went from humility, obedience, mm -hmm. to surrender, right? In, in the mode of surrender, what God does with him. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on. on him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus, Every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory of God the Father. Yes. Come on. Come on. I, I'm, first of all, man, I just, I love you. I love your heart. <laughs> I love the anointing that you carry, the purity that you carry. I mean, I'm just so thrilled to be with you, Danny. And I, you know, people listening to the podcast can't echo it back, but uh, I just love you, man. You're such a gift uh, to me personally and to the body of Christ. So I just want to thank you for that. I mean, I just, my life has been so blessed through our relationship and continues to be. I love you, my brother, man. I, I thank you and I appreciate you. And I told you earlier, I would not be who I am in God without you. Oh, man. So we are in this together. We are. You know, Danny, what you shared here is so interesting. Um, I've told you this before. One of the things I find is interesting. It's almost like God gives me these little uh, revelations to put on the shelf. And then sometime later, maybe a year, maybe two, maybe three, maybe three months, it's, it's all of a sudden, like, there's a prophetic word that's like, hey, that that's for now, you know, that understanding that I developed in you before that's for now. And one of those was last spring, I really felt strongly God in prayer, God was speaking to me about he was working in our wills. And one of the things that 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 it, the reason that stood out to me is, you know, we all know Romans 12, too, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on. And we've all probably heard great teachings also about don't be led by your emotions. You know, instead, let truth transform your emotions and all of this sort of thing. And so we know that our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so I've heard teachings on our mind and I've heard teachings on our emotions, but I feel like I've not heard many teachings on our will. And I felt like the Lord was showing me that the key to the will was the fear of the Lord. And I believe, Danny, that there's been a need, and Mark Crawford's been talking about this, there's a need for us to bring new, fresh language to the fear of the Lord in this season. It's almost like so many people have been maybe taught not so great about that, or they've heard not so great about that, or they presume not great about the fear of the Lord. They've even struggled to reconcile this idea of perfect love casts out fear, but how can I also need the fear of the Lord, you know? And Mark's like, we just need new language for that. Not that that language is bad, but just refreshed language so the body of Christ could get what they need from that. And Danny, I believe that your surrendered will is the fresh language for the body of Christ in this season for the fear of the Lord. And so the Lord was speaking to me about the need for him to work in our wills and that he was working our wills. And if we just keep reading in Philippians 2, from what you said, it says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and fear. trembling. Watch. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. 
So there's something so significant about him working in our wills, right? Him working in our wills. And I, I feel, the, feel led right now to read the next verse. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse Ooh, generation among the shining lights in the world. Now listen to this. I felt like Holy Spirit just told me this. He said, you'll know I'm working in your will when you start complaining and disputing. Let me say it again. You'll know <laughs> I'm working in your will when you start complaining and disputing because the complaining and the disputing is the evidence of a will that's at work. Right. Come on, man. And the Come complaining on, man. and disputing Such is a good word. A will that's at work. Now, whose will is at work when you're complaining and disputing? It's my will. It's an unsurrendered will. It's the things that I will be done, but they're not what God will be done. And sometimes the father comes in and says, I'm the head of this household, and now I'm not allowing such and such anymore. And now you've got this will that had a momentum, and the father just showed up and said, no more. And so at first, we might tend to complain and to dispute. So now we're disputing with one another. We're complaining about what's going on. And the Lord says, that's okay. It's the process that even kids go through when their will gets put in check. And I believe that what's happening right now is God is working in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure, not according to our pleasures that war within us. And so he's saying, do all things without complaining and disputing. And if you find yourself complaining and disputing, Know that my grace is standing at the door to be released to you to work in your will so that you can no longer complain and dispute about that. That's so amazingly powerful, right? Because Jesus's heart, when he taught us how to communicate to heaven, your kingdom come, mm. it will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we forget that as it is in heaven, mm. right? How, wh what can I see through your lens, Father? Because yeah. on earth, I want it this way. But as it is in heaven, it's contrary to my earthly man, right? Come on. There's, there's a friction, right? There's mm. a tension, right? Yeah. Because I know that you desire oneness. I know that you desire yeah. to be one with me, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and us. He desires yeah. to be. But that friction is like, God, do I really, and, and this is where trust comes in, do I trust your way? Yes. Right. Trust, humility, obedience. Trust is such a component of surrender, right? Yes. Because what it's telling you, God, I really trust, right, that you have the future in your hands. And I really trust that my outcome is better by saying yes to you. Come on. That's so good. You know, it makes me think of James chapter one and the double minded man. Come on. And our, and our, our friend Aaron Rollins recently said this. And I thought, man, I've never heard someone say it as good as she did. And she was saying that the double-minded man, um, it's basically, it's a trust issue. Now I'm not saying it's as good as she did. Um, for let not that man suppose that he receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And before that, it says, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. And what she highlighted is the thing that's being doubted there that causes us to be double-minded is God's goodness. Mm. It's his goodness that leads us to repentance. So if we're double-minded, that means we've got some of the mind of heaven and we've got some of the mind of the flesh or some of the mind of the earth, et cetera. And so why do we still have some of the mind of the earth? Why, why is there, you know, well, we need to have some repentance. We need to have some change of mind, right? Why? We don't know his goodness fully enough. And so we've got our own ways and we're making Ishmael's left and right, you know, and we maybe even have heard the word of the Lord like Abraham yeah. had. 
but we're making Ishmael's not realizing that there's an, a lack of trust in his goodness. And so we don't bring the need. We don't bring the word entirely to him. And so we put our flesh into it and say, this is how it needs to be produced. The thing that's being doubted is his goodness. And if we would know his goodness, we would have a trust to allow his will to be done in every area. That's so powerful. And I love that it's only the goodness of God that leads to repentance. I'm going to say that again for those who listen. It's only the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. It can't be done through religion. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's what the enemy has has uh, has given us, right? So religion has left us striving with the will of God, right? Yes. It really has. Right? It, it left us going, well, I think this is the will of God because I'm doing A, B, or C, what yeah. religion is telling me to do, but I still don't see the outcome of the will of God. Yes. Yes. Right. So we see the duty of it, but we don't see the beauty of it because it's Ooh. really not done his way. Right. Come on. Jesus. Let's let's uh, let's just see what Jesus. <laughs> Jesus says something about Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 21 to this point, Matthew 7, 21. Look at what Jesus says here in Matthew 7. You know, we, we know it is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I think this is so been misinterpreted, Peter. And I like your take on it because I just Wait. I just saw it in a different light, man. Um, when I read it, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of the Father in heaven. Now, the first question that comes up is then, what is the will of the Father? Mm -hmm. well, 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 Jesus tells you what the will of the Father. Listen to what Jesus says in John 6, 38. Because I'm going to go back. In John 6, 38, yeah. for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will. Mm -hmm. but to do the will of him who sent me. Yeah. Right. And this is the will of him who sent me that yep. I should lose nothing of all that he has given me. Mm -hmm. Everything, all the goodness that he has given me, I won't lose it. If yeah. I'm standing in his will, if I do yes. it his way, I don't yes. lose. There's no yes. loss in it. There's yes. only gain. Right. Yes. Listen what it says, but raise it up in the last days, meaning when he, when it's fully done, Right, we know the end result when he fully comes as king. We'll see the fullness of the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. Right, we only see the part because he doesn't. He doesn't fully rule, rule and reign mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. sense where he doesn't reign. He, we know he's reigning. We know he's mm -hmm. he's Jesus, but he's going to reign the earth. He's going to rule and reign on the earth. And he says, "For this is the will of the Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him mm -hmm. will have eternal life." Come on. And I will raise him up in the last day. So the assurance yeah. is, if you believe in Jesus and see him for who he is and see him, it, I just see it this way. See Jesus as the window, right? Yeah. To the room of goodness. Yes. Jesus yeah. is the window to goodness, yes. right? Yes. When you see him properly, right? Then you, you'll be able to partake of him properly, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't see him, so, so then let's go back to what so. Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, not everyone who calls me like you rule, you reign, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of the Father, which he who sees me the way I'm supposed to be seen. Why? Because mm -hmm. then he says, many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name? Have we not done, done wonders? Have we not worked to get your goodness? Yeah. Yeah. Have we not operated? Yeah. Like, like, like the churches, right? In Revelation, has we not done the things to get your goodness? He's like, yeah. no, because you continue to do, and instead of being, you continue yes. to operate instead yeah. of just seeing 
that I'm yeah. not asking you to operate to get the goodness. All mm. I'm asking you is to surrender and then Come I on. do everything else. Yes. Come on. That's good, Danny. So yep. all he's asking for is to surrender. But well, you're you're really hitting on, and I'm gonna to come to the surrender and the humility thing as it relates to what you're talking about. He wants to know us. And therefore I declare to him, I never knew you. You know, that's his prerogative. He wants to know us. And Romans 8 says that um, for the carnal mind is at war or at enmity with God. And what we're talking about here in many ways uh, comes down to, you know, what is the will of God? It's to believe the word of God. It's to believe Jesus. It's to believe in the one whom he sent. You know, Jesus even said, they asked him, what should we do to do the works of God? I mean, an amazing question. If you ask the normal boss uh, of a store or something, you know, what should I do to be a good employee? They'll give you a laundry list, a job description and all this sort of thing. And yet um, knowing the, the, all the different things that his children would do in this earth, God gives us a one-line job description. I mean, that's incredible. It's, you need to be as brilliant as God to have one line that you know that for the next thousands of years, you can stand on and say, that still encapsulates the job description of every one of my children. What must we do to do the works of God? Believe in the one who he sent. Believe, Believe the in the one whom he sent. And so one of the things that I think is interesting is that we tend to misidentify what it means to be in the flesh. When Romans 8 says there's no condemnation for those uh, who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, we read according to the flesh as though it's like those who don't do the works of the flesh. In other words, we read it as like not being a fornicator or not being an adulterer or not being a thief or not being a liar or something like these sorts of things. But that's not what this is talking about. No, those are fruit of, of walking in the flesh. But what Come Jesus on, is identifying, what Paul's identifying here and what Jesus identified is that the, to walk in the flesh is to set our minds on our ability, our strength, our obedience, and all oh. of these sorts of things. It's to look to ourselves. It's to be of the same spirit as these guys who are saying, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I do many, many wonders in your name? Wasn't I doing the works? Wasn't I, you know, I did the job descriptions, right? And Jesus is like, no, you didn't do the one job description, which was to know me, surrender to me, and allow my word to be what you say yes to, and that's it. So to walk in the spirit, Jesus said the flesh profits nothing. The flesh profits nothing. And when he's talking about the flesh, again, it's our efforts, our ability, our obedience, all of these sorts of things. And he's saying it's the spirit that gives life, Jesus said in John. And the, the words, listen, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So how is it that we walk in the spirit? We walk by saying yes to his word. By surrender. By surrender. And so as soon as we stop doing it our own way for our own prerogatives, with our own motivation, with our own strength, with our own power, that we can brag about, that we can say that we did this mighty work and that mighty work and all these sorts of things. He's like, it's just what you're saying, Danny. It's saying you can surrender back into this very simple place, which says, what has God said? And am I willing to say yes to it with all of my heart? And that is the place that Adam and Eve first walked in before they fell in the garden is the simple place that it was God's word. And it wasn't any other words. The words of the enemy will always produce works. Always, always. It, it, it's, it's working for something that's already yours, right? Bingo. In, in Genesis 1, 26, 
the image bearer is we already won. I've created mm -hmm. you, right? Yeah. So think about it. It's like creating a specific part of a car so, so that it can do that function. And, you, and you're still holding that, that thing in your hand and going, what do we do with this? I created the thing to fit, right? Specifically with that. Yes. God has created us to fit with his Godhead, to mm. be one with it. He has created us that way from the inception of man. He yeah. only created us to be one with him. He didn't yeah. create us to be separated. That's why he mm. told him, if you eat of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, and you shall surely die. Yeah. I think you're going to die this natural death. There's going to be a separation to the creation of yep. oneness, right? Yeah. What, what, what's at stake is oneness. If yeah. you don't surrender and do it my way, what's at stake is for you to be one with me. Because in yes. the end result, I want to be one with you. That's Come what on. I want. That's what I yeah. desire for Genesis 1.26. That's, what I, that's yeah. why in Genesis 2, uh, in Genesis 3, the cool of the day. What is the cool of the day? Why is he walking and talking? Why is he having this great? Because he's created us. Think about this. For those who are listening, God has created you to be one with him. Come on. That so to me is phenomenal to understand. Like you were not created for anything else, right? Ooh. Anything outside of that is the distraction and the deception of the enemy, right? It's, yeah. it's, he, he's deceiving you from understanding. And that's why we get into the works. That's where we're going to get, oh, I'm prophesying. I'm doing this. I'm doing. But yet, have you truly surrendered the will, your will, which is your mm -hmm. choice? Mike, yep. think about this. He gave us That's that choice. Day. He's given us that power to do whatever we want to do mm -hmm. with it. Yeah. But what he's asking is, can you relinquish the one key that keeps us connected? After yeah. The Holy Ghost. Can mm. you relinquish the key that can, what's the key that keeps us and God connected? That he's given us free will, but we give it right back to him. And we say, thank Come you. On. Thank you for the offer, mm. right? To do whatever I want to do. But no, I'm giving it back to you because I know I was created to be with you. Right, yeah. and that's the heart. If you if you read uh, what he said, you you get on read in Matthew seven. He says, "And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness." Mm -hmm. Right? Who? What does lawlessness mean here? Why? Why did he even throw that in here? Because there was always an agenda of heaven. Yeah. Anything that not with the agenda of heaven is lawlessness. Right? Yeah. It's not even talking about obeying laws. No, no, no. The agenda of heaven is oneness. Yes. Right. Anything outside of that to try to yep. get to that, unless you go through the window of Jesus, yep. is works mentality. He's like, yep. no, no, no. I want you to surrender so yes. that you can go back to garden living, right? Because what, what the garden of Gethsemane was doing was pointing his way back to what? Woo! You That's can good. have Genesis 1 again, yes. right? Come on. If you're willing to say no to your flesh for real and say yes to the spirit, you, yes. I will bring you right back to Genesis 1. Yes. And you can oh. live with me from the garden place. God wants us to live from the garden of Eden. We just, and we think this is what we think, Peter. Oh, when Jesus comes, that's what we're going to, when, when Zechariah uh, mm. 14, when he comes and splits, mm. no, no, you can have it today. That's, that's mm. what, that's what the urgency you and I feel that God is mm. telling his church. You can have oneness today. Yes. Right. Jesus. And I'll just say this. And I'll let you. John 17, 22. Right. What did Jesus say in John 17, 22? Right. Because we talk about a lot about the glory of God, the kabod yeah. of God, the weight of God. Well, what is the glory of God? Jesus tells us in John 17, 22. He said that the glory that you have given me. Think mm. about this. The glory that you the glory of oneness. What made Jesus shine that he was connected with the father? 
Mm-hmm. What what made Jesus look so extraordinary? Mm-hmm. Like the Holy Ghost. What made signs and wonders and miracles, right? Because Jesus, Jesus tells us there's a wicked generation that seeks that because they don't seek what? What Me. the glory that I'm giving, which is yeah. which is showing you how the relationship with the Father mm. to look. That glory that you're giving me, I have given to them. I already have given to them that they may be one, even as we are one. And I and them and you and them and me, that they may become perfectly one. Mm. So think about Jesus has given us. This is the end result. This is what happened in Genesis 1, that we'll be perfectly one with the God. Come on. That's oneness is what I want. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. The world is going to see when we surrender and we get into this thing of oneness and we get into it, the world automatically, see, we don't even have to, this is the way we get. Let's do, let's do, let's do. Oh, I got a show. Oh, I got to do evangelism 101, evangelism 102. No, if you walk in oneness, then there's no evangelism 101. The world Come will on. see it in, on you and in you. I Come on. Come on. You know, one of the things that I know you've experienced too, Danny, is John chapter seven. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, this is, I mean, you could go to John 15 to see the exact same sort of thing where it's saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And he goes on to say, apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And without me, you can do nothing. And then it says, if you abide in me, verse seven, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it'll be done for you. Man, that's so good. That transforms our desire. Psalms 37, four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You know, the Lord spoke to me last fall. There's a, there's a scripture where Paul's talking Um, I think about Titus and he's going to send Titus somewhere in one of the Corinthian letters. And he says, he's a man who's been found faithful in many matters, a man who's been found faithful or no earnest in many matters is what it says. Man is found earnest in many matters. And I was seized by that. I was like, Lord, what is it about this word earnest? And it, it was almost like he started giving me this sort of word of wisdom, you know, like as a leader where it's like, you know, it's interesting because people, if you're a business owner, you'll find that people are earnest in some matters. Like you're some employees, like you give Johnny that job that looks like doing a videography project. He's very earnest about it, Mm. but Mm. you ask him to do some paperwork and he might not be equally earnest, but here, Paul, I think talking about Titus, if I recall, I forget who he's saying he's been found earnest, not just in some matters, but in many matters, in many matters. And, and so I, the Lord started highlighting this to me and I said, Lord, what is it about this? And he was showing me that there's been a teaching that's been prevalent in the body of Christ that tells people sort of follow your passions. And, and what he's, what he's saying is what that's produced is believers that are earnest in some matters, not many matters. And I've been fascinated for years about this idea of martyrs. You know, people will talk about like, wow, I don't know, you know, it's amazing. Like they gave their life and stuff. And I've come to believe that martyrs died before they were martyred. The reason wow. they were able to be martyred 
is because they had already died to themselves. And so what's, what's going on is that the oh, Lord- so, Lord so, say, say, that, say that one more time, because I, I, so, that was just such a powerful key right there. The reason they were, they were able, able to, be, to martyred. be murdered is because they had already died to themselves. This is your teaching, Danny, about the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus died in the Garden of Gethsemane. He swept blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. The next day, he's just walking that out. The decision was already made to Come die on, to man. himself. Come and on, now man. he now it was just a matter of walking that out. He wasn't struggling at that point with, with not responding to Pilate. You know, he wasn't struggling with the details of walking that out. He's got to write this down. had already been set Oof. in his heart. And what the Lord showed me about this earnest in many matters thing, as he said, and I'll see if I can do this still, because I haven't, I haven't had this phrase in a while, but I felt like what he showed me is he said, many believers are trying to find the will of God, but basically they haven't submitted their will to me yet. He said, oh, this was it. They're trying to find the will of God in their lot for their lives, but they haven't yet found obedience to God. Come and on. This is that thing where there's been a tendency to want to go after passions and stuff like this. Now, what's what Jesus is saying is that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, see oneness, you will ask what it, you desire and it shall be done for you. Because when you delight yourself in the Lord, in other words, when you don't have another thing you're seeking after, Come on. more than you're seeking after God, now Psalms 37 4 says, He will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, the desires of my heart start to become transformed because I've placed my delight upon him instead of something else. And so now I get to operate out of the place of the passion of intimacy with him. I get to operate out of the place of desire. But if my heart hasn't been renewed and my will hasn't in particular been renewed, then the desires and the passions are not in line with his desires and passions. And so oh, I man. think that there's a tendency in the body of Christ to 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 struggle with well should should we teach people to follow their passion should we not teach people to follow their passion and the issue is order of operations submit your entire will surrender your entire will to god and now you'll be allowed to follow your passion because your passion will be his passion and his passion will be your passion because of the oneness that you're walking in come on come on listen oh man you got me Romans 8 I want to go back to that because it's exactly what you're saying and then I'm going to go to Acts 1 because Good. Uh, apart from the Holy Spirit, right? So that's why the Holy Spirit needs to be such an operation in our lives, right? Because look, look, you was reading Romans 8. Look what it says. It says, therefore, brethren, to your point, and I love that point. I got to just say that again. Jesus died before he died. I love that, right? There was a precursor. There was, mm -hmm. there was, there was an intentional intentionality in him to say, oh, nevertheless, not my will. Right. Mm -hmm. That's how I accomplish the will of God. Right. Mm -hmm. By, by, by mm -hmm. understanding that death has to come. He says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. Verse 12, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the bodily, you will live. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. That precursor. But by, but, but, mm -hmm. but, you, but, but when you by the spirit, only by the spirit. Yes. Only on, by Danny. the spirit. I'm gonna say that. Only That's by good. the spirit. You can't do. You can't put the deeds of your flesh on your Ooh. own. Only by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Listen. That's why he said the Holy Spirit will lead you uh, into all truth. That's why he said the Holy Spirit will give you revelation of Yeshua. Mm. Right. You can't have oneness of Yeshua. You can't understand the surrender. Only by the spirit saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Right. To put to death. 
for as many, and we get this wrong because we think this, we, we look at this also as a work to, oh, for as many as led by the spirit. These are the sons of God. Oh, you're not led by the spirit. No, 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 it's not saying. He said, for as many are led by the spirit, those who are led by the spirits, these are my sons. Yes. These are my children. For yes. you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, meaning none of it could be happening unless the Holy Spirit is in there. Unless the Holy Spirit is involved, you can't even cry out, Abba, Father. Unless the Holy Spirit is smart, you can't even be led. Unless the Holy Spirit is smart, you can't, you can't put to death those things of the flesh. And he says this. So, so the surrendered mm. will is I surrender my will to the whole Godhead. Yes. And the Holy Spirit says, okay, now I can do my work. Yeah. Right? right? Which is to and transform your will. He's exactly working in you right. to will. He's Come working on, in you man. to will. He's working. He's working in you to will. He's Come working on, in you to will. And He's then he runs. He says, I thank you because I can. So it's that ontological trinity, right? So he's mm. like, all right. I'll, it's like God is, I see it like this, man. Like God is waiting on you to surrender. And the moment you surrender, he says, all right, Holy Spirit, you up. You up. And then as soon as the Holy Spirit does his work, he says, all right, now I'm going to lead you to Jesus. You up now, now the revelation of Jesus gets mm. deeper. Now Jesus goes, oh, I'm glad that you said yes to the Holy Spirit because now mm. you're saying yes to me. Now I'm going to show you the Father. Now I'm going to show you mm. the Father's house. Now I'm going to show you identity. Now I'm going to show you sonship. Now I'm going to show you that you are my son. You are my daughter. But it has mm. to start with that first surrender, right? Yes. And, and, and I'm just got to finish reading. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and his children, then heirs, and then heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. And if indeed we suffer with him, <laughs> we may also be glorified together. Mm -hmm. Meaning the window of suffering that Jesus took on the Gethsemane. I partake of him when I yes. say yes to the Holy Spirit. Come on. I now go through that same transition that Jesus yes. went through. I die before I die. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, come on. And he's given us the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I just Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be martos, is mm. where we get the word martyrdom. Mm. Witness here does not mean I go knock on the door and say I'm a witness of Jesus. Witness here is that the Holy Spirit empowers you to die before you die, right? Come on, Danny. The, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit is so that what? It's so that we can put to the, the death the deeds of the flesh. Yes. It's so that I can be able to say no to this thing and I can die to myself so that when I see the agenda of heaven and my flesh goes, I can't do the agenda of heaven, it's that garden the Gethsemane fight again. Whoa, I see the cup. Mm. I see the cup, but it's too much for my flesh. The Holy Spirit says, no, I've empowered you to die to that flesh. Wow. I've given you the power to say no. I've given you the power to say no to the deeds of the flesh so that you can say, oh, I'm going to live in the spirit now and be a son and say, I have to accomplish this. I have to drink of the cup. I have to partake of it. Why? Because there's glory that's coming behind everything that I say yes to. Mm. Oh. oh, my gosh. That is incredible. Wow, wow, wow. I don't wow. think I've ever heard that, Danny, to be honest with you. That Romans 8.13 that you shared, I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Romans 8, starting verse 12. By oh, the yeah, spirit, yeah. you put to death the deeds of the flesh. You know, one of the things that I think is so 
helpful to me over the years. You know, I think that some people might hear that and say, that's so good. And it's like, that's, that's just an incredible teaching. But how do you get the spirit involved in the areas where he needs to put to death the deeds of the flesh, right? And one of the things that helps me is to understand some mile markers. And so before I shared from Philippians 2, verse 14. And so if I'm complaining or disputing, mm. this is a mile marker that says, hey, I don't need to feel condemned about that at all. But that's a mile marker to me that says, I need to ask Holy Spirit what he sees here. So I need good. to be in, I need to be in the word and what God says about this. I need to be in prayer and say, Holy Spirit, I invite that because complaining and disputing is not of the nature of who lives in me. It's not of the nature of a born again believer who I am. And so that just means that there's something else that I'm serving here. So help me not do that. You know, and another one that's related to that to me um, is anxiety. And the Lord spoke to me about a year and a half or two years ago. And he said, Peter, you know, anxiety requires an idol. Mm. And, you know, so Philippians 4, we know that Paul says, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. And interestingly, the Bible app, you know, that so many people use published something a few years ago that I saw, and they said that Philippians 4, 6 was the most viewed scripture in all of the Bible. So the body of Christ needs help with anxiety. And what the Lord showed me is he said, you know, anxiety requires an idol. Now watch this. An idol means you have a false source um, that isn't, you know, and so it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. See, He's saying the solution for your anxiety is to start asking the correct source for what you need. And so he's saying, let your requests be made known to God. And I'll give you one, I'll give everyone listening one other, one other place for that. And it's Matthew six, where Jesus says, you cannot serve two masters for either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And we know that mammon would be the idol of money, making money an mm -hmm. idol, right? What's the next verse? Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. Yeah. And so when we have an idol, we have worry because it's a false source. It's an insecure source. And so I think, Danny, this teaching that you're giving on Romans 8.13 is game changing. And that it's saying it's by the spirit that you, the spirit will help you surrender your will. The spirit will put to death the deeds of the flesh. The spirit will lead you into all truth. But sometimes we need to know what are the indicators that say Holy Spirit's wanting to lead me into freedom from the flesh, freedom from an unsurrendered will. And these are things like complaining. These are things like disputing. These are things like anxiety. Anxiety has been one of my greatest tutors in all of my life in God, because if I have anxiety, I go to God and then Holy Spirit leads me into all truth so that I, I see God as my source and I no longer have an idol. And so the anxiety becomes an indicator that leads me to the spirit who walks me into freedom. And so if we have complaining, if we have disputing, if we have anxiety in this season, these are practical indicators to say that Holy Spirit is wanting to help you put to death the deeds of the body that you may have wholeness of life. Man, that's so powerful because I just looked at it practical in my life. My greatest growth has been my greatest tensions. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So is we, we, we want to seem to run away from tension. Right. Mm -hmm. That that tension that's pulling from us. Right. Whether it's finances, whether it's you know, what I mean, I, I can go I can recount many of times that I felt so um, stressed and this this strong tension. Yeah. And, and it was the opportunity of God representing to me it was like, 
there's, there's something off in the surrendering of your, you haven't surrendered in this area. So the tension is because you're still trying to do, you're still trying to have, you're still trying to keep. And what I'm trying to let you do is let go of it. Come let on. go of it. And it's happened time and time. I'm talking about in transitions of jobs. I'm talking yes. about in transitions, all, all kind of areas in my life that I felt yep. these tensions where literally I felt overwhelmed. I remember just being with my wife and just, just like, man, this thing is overwhelming. And God is like, the striving of God. God's like, no, 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 no. What you're doing is you, you're trying to hold something in your flesh. What I'm trying to show you is as soon as you let this go, I can have you surrendered and you can see that I got a greater plan for you. Mm. And you're trying to keep something when I have much more for you, right? You're Come trying on. to, and so it was my greatest growth. You said something powerful, which which, which took me to uh, First Thessalonians. If you remember 1 Thessalonians, it says, rejoice always, mm. pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, but this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Ooh, that's so good, Danny. That's the opposite of what I just communicated. Exactly because right. Because the anxiety and, and, the, and, the, and the, the, um, the complaining and stuff is the exact opposite of what you just communicated. He's saying, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. This is, the will of God is like, I'm working, and I love it, says, be thank, give thanks in all circumstances. Meaning, at that moment that you feel that tension, oh, thank you. Why? Because I know I'm going to grow. Thank you. Because I know that God is having me surrender something that, that's going to help me see his will, not my will. This, the, 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 the present of the tension, the reason that the tension is here is an announcement to me to say, mm. listen, instead of complaining, because I could easily complain, I could easily be angry, I could easily live it. I'm going to rejoice. Yes. I'm going to pray. I, that means that means the avenue of communication is open mm. and I'm going to give thanks and I'm going to mm. go, okay, now what is your will? Mm. Because clearly I'm doing something that I'm operating out of my own will. So I'm going to surrender my will right now Come on. and I'm going to surrender it to you. And I'm, and I'm saying, all right, nevertheless, not my will. Because Come clearly on. the tension is here to announce to me, I'm doing it my way. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Come on. Not his way. And so if you listen to us as we come to a close, you know what I mean? All of what we're saying is this. God is literally asking his body, the care, the tenderness of the father right now is bringing the, mm -hmm. his body, his church into the level of saying, there's got to be a greater level and an emphasis in your life to say, not my will, but yours will be done. I'm not even, even going to worry about what that cup looks like. Now, mm -hmm. Jesus knew what the cup looked like. I'm not even going to worry about that. What I'm going to worry about is this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say no to my flesh. And I'm going to say, I'm going to surrender my will so that the Holy Spirit not going to empower me to continue to say no mm -hmm. to everything that's going to make things my will. Right? Mm -hmm. Because my flesh is always going to make things my will. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit by surrendering. And the Holy Spirit is going to say, all right, I'm going to empower you. Not only am I going to give you big, I'm going to empower you mm -hmm. to say no to that flesh. And I'm mm. going to buy. So the Holy Spirit, remember, in the Garden of Gethsemane, who came to rescue? Who came to help? Who came to strengthen? The angel of the Lord came to strengthen mm. Jesus, right? Because mm. he needed strength in the moment. The Holy Spirit is here to strengthen you in those times of need. Because he knows, listen, in the end, the ultimate goal for you as a believer is oneness with the mm. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm. Oh, that's so good. Mm, mm, mm. settle yourself in that man peter man give us some final words man what you well want i think you just said the word that was stirring and bubbling up in my heart settle yourself in that 
the, the discipline of the father yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Mm. Peace is a fruit of what we're talking about right now. When my will surrenders, when each of our wills surrenders, we step into peace and it surpasses understanding. It surpasses the ways that we've done before. You know, um, I just want to um, read that um, from Hebrews 12. Uh, well, I'm not finding it, uh, but you can, you can read that. And I think that that's, that's when we know we will have stepped into it. There's that place of peace. It's like, we need to, we need to be able to sense what surrender feels like and what it doesn't feel like. And one of the things surrender feels like is peace. That's and so when, I, when I, when I've got the hamster wheel thing going on an item, it's like, I've not come in to the place of peace. I've not come into the promised land of rest that surrender affords. I'm still doing it under my own strength. And so if we've got that feeling where we're just around the bend, around the bend, around the bend, around the bend with something, maybe ask the Lord what it is that, you know, the Lord has shown me recently, they, they asked him, you know, um, they said, by what authority do these things, Jesus? And he said, answer me this, tell me, was John's baptism from me or mm. from heaven or from man? And they said, oh, we won't tell you. And he said, neither will I tell you these things. And so sometimes there's a new question that God's asking us in the new season. And if we notice that there's a place that we're going round and round and round, ask the Lord, is there, is there something you're asking me to lay down? Is there something that you're asking me to lay down in this season? And oftentimes it's, it's that new thing that he's highlighting. If we'll lay that down, we'll step into a place of peace that surpasses our understanding and we will come into the place of surrender. That's so powerful. I'm going to leave right that, man. Surrender so you can have that peace. Listen, we love you guys. We thank you that you, you tune in every week to, to listen. Um, take this to a further level. I know I've heard from so many of you that this so blessed you uh, last week. Mm -hmm. um, and this is just another continuing of that. But take it to another level. We want to hear from you what the Holy Spirit is sharing with you about surrender. Because I know mm -hmm. it's a word for the body of Christ. Yes, it is. We, we have to grow and learn together. And again, I, I feel like the peace that the Holy Spirit gave us today is that, that the Holy Spirit is such a powerful component to yes. this right yes. and inviting the holy spirit in as we surrender he'll continue to help us to live a life of surrender and so we love you guys peter thank you so much for joining us oh thanks uh, for having me and, and thanks for and bringing so, this word to the body of christ man, such a blessing and uh guys we'll talk to you next week blessings thank you for listening to this podcast from the wave ministries Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information.